You're listening to Integration Redesigned, the podcast that unpacks ideas, trends, and topics that directly impact developers and tech professionals. Join us as we learn from experts who are innovating and developing emerging tech with the world's leading brands. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Kate, and I'm the host of the DigiB Integration Redesigned podcast. Thanks for joining me today. And today I am joined by business executive and recent author, Johnny Russo. Welcome, Johnny. Thank you for having me, Kate. Of course. Thank you for joining me. I'm, I'm so excited. We've worked together over the last eight years, and it's been really exciting to really I think, see your leadership evolve over that time. Uh, and so I'm very excited to have you today because we can talk a little bit about leadership and, and the book itself. Cool. Yeah, we can finally say author. It's uh, it's nice to, to finally hear that. Yeah, it's been about two years in the making. I bet. It's probably just like this huge weight lifted off oh, your yeah. shoulder. Oh, yeah. Check My the box. vacation now. I have, obviously, I have work and kids, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like a, a little vacation. Well, sure, right? What are you going to do with those hours, as you mentioned in that book? <laughs> Everybody's got 24 hours. It's how you use it. Totally. A lot more sports. That's for sure. There you go. Um, all right. Well, uh, as we think about, you know, leadership and, and different qualities, to just start things, when you look at some of the work that you've done, and, and a majority of that has been focused in retail and digital transformation, and that's how we sort of got started talking to each other. Um, one of the things that you've been really good about is pushing people in the right direction, asking hard questions, challenging the status quo uh, in a good way. When you think about the key to success in driving that transformation, whether digital or through the teams that you've built, what are some of the things that come to mind for you? Yeah, um, I think first you really have to understand the organization you're in. Uh, they might be on a different growth pattern than than you think they are or you think you are. Uh, so, you know, there's a great book called The First 90 Days, which talks about kind of what you do when you first enter a company. And I think it's so crucial because I do a lot of listening. And I think that's really important to understand, like, the lay of the land and, you know, who could be your supporters and who might need some extra effort. And, you know, especially as, as we talk about transforming a business digitally, that means a lot of change, right? So who could be your greatest advocates? Who might need a bit more hand-holding and, and teaching? So I think that's the first one is just listen and understand the company and where they're, they're at. And then the other thing that, and we, you know, we, we manage multiple brands on the dot-com side. Uh, we're not an agency. We, we own the direct-to-consumer ones. But really, like, prioritization. Um, there's there's a great, uh, there's, there's a book I'm reading called The Art of Happiness, and it, and it talks about determination, conviction, and action. Um, whether that's goal setting, whether that's happiness, whether that's struggle, like those are the three things that you really need because you could have a great plan and not really have the determination to action it. And I feel the same way. Like we all have a million things to do. And if you don't prioritize them, then you just have a hundred things to do. But, but that's not the case. You, you really have one, two, three, 96, 97, and 99, right? Uh, whether that's life or career and they, we all know they kind of merge. So I, I think priority prioritization is the most important thing, but also aligning that prioritization with your boss. Like if you have a one and two, but he has four as number one, 
you have an issue and really aligning that, you know, and, and that's happened with, with whether it's myself on teams or, or my teams that do it. Like they think priority 10 is number one. And I, and I know number two is way more important than, than their number two or one. And it's really like ordering that and making sure that everyone's on the same page with that and knowing that, Hey, if you have, you know, 15 things to do this week, um, maybe you'll get through eight. Just make sure that, you know, uh, most of those move the needle. Right. In all of these, there's like an 80-20 practice, right? Like that that whole 80-20 thing, it makes sense for everything. If you have 10 goals, try to complete 80% of them. You know, the other 20 carry on the next week. So same thing with with how much effort you need to put into those results. So I'm a big advocate of just prioritization um, and goal setting. As you know, we read about in the book and even on this call, one of the things you talk about often in the book is the, the importance of learning and continuing to learn and develop. And you always reference that reading is a big part of that, whether that's reading or listening to a podcast, getting information. And you've already referenced, I think, two books in, in uh, you know, just under five minutes. So I think that's an, a real indicator. And, and I love the takeaway of prioritizing and listening more. Uh, as opposed to just kind of coming out and saying what what your own agenda is. And that spans beyond just digital transformation. That's any type of a business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> the other thing to get really good at, and there's there's a few core things that if you're really good as a professional, as a person, as a, as a leader, um, you're, you just, it, it, it just kind of works out. And one of those is time management. So if you can work really, it's not easy. Like time management is not easy. But if you get to a point where you don't say these words, I don't have enough time. If you get to that point, um, and I, I think I'm almost there. Like I still use it sometimes. But like if you get to that point, you, you've arrived and you spent a lot of time managing your time. No one's giving you more time. We all sleep around the same amount of hours. We're all awake for the same amount of hours. We all have a bunch of chores and tasks to do in our personal lives. So when it comes to work, you've got to be efficient. And, and when you're efficient, it means planning out your day, maybe the night before, maybe that morning, saying no to some meetings that you shouldn't be in or don't need to be in, uh, you know, not, not double booking yourself or back to back to back meetings where you just don't have time to breathe. Just really managing your time, managing the time of your team so they're not overwhelmed. Um, so time management is one of those aspects that, that is just near and dear to me. And, and it's, it's helped me quite a bit because, um, it, you know, we, we mentioned prioritization and we mentioned time management. Planning is a big part of, of, of that. Um, so back to the point on, on learning and education, uh, I've, I've over-indexed on that topic for the last few years. And so, um, and I try to help my team do that, that same thing too. I think a big part of why that works so well is because you've, you really strive for alignment. And one of my takeaways in the book was, um, getting to alignment and making sure that you're aligned and that everyone can really easily ch- rattle off the 10 or even in some cases, I think the, the recommendation was 20 things that are be- are the focus. And that can sometimes help with prioritization. When you look at where companies struggle with prioritization or even alignment, most of it is the source of, well, what is my top priority? And we hear things that say, well, if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. So when you think about alignment, you know, the title of the book is Mastering Mindful Leadership and all of those combined, you know, these are 105 takeaways. What's your takeaway from all of this? 
when you've done this research and spent several years and you continue to learn, when you think of, you know, one or two takeaways, what are they? Yeah, so uh, there's almost like two questions there because the alignment one is is an important one because we do all have, or we all, I think everyone thinks they have goals and and are working on the right things. In our case, just a tangible example, right? We're, uh, We're at the beginning of 2023. That means forecast. So we have forecasts and budgets to follow. There's approvals in place, right? Look, my bosses have to make sure that those goals are aggressive enough, uh, but realistic enough, right? Like that's the whole process. Now we have those goals. So we have our sales numbers, but we have, in, in our case on the e-com side, we have average order value, we have orders, we have units, we have units per transaction, we have conversion rate, we have traffic levels, we have traffic by channel and so on, right? So now these goals and priorities layer onto the team. And those are yearly goals, right? And then you kind of chip away at that and break them down into quarterly and monthly and weekly and daily. And you make that into a habit and really good. And you have your meetings with people. And um, I'm a big advocate of huddles, but I'm also a big advocate of not wasting people's time. You know, so there's a certain number of people when you reach it, it's hard to have so many, it's hard to have, you know, 15, 20 people in a room in in a huddle um, daily or, or, you know, so you, you got to just figure that out to not waste waste time. But at the same time, you have to over communicate to make sure that they are on track with all their goals for whatever that looks like week or month or, or year. Um, yeah, but on the topic, I guess, of like the the, the takeaways for me, um, you know, they're, they're, I think if we th- think of leadership 30 or 40 years ago, you picture someone in your, your mind who's who's likely a, a man. And who likely was someone who was very strict. Um, there was no work from home. There was no uh, <laughs> calling in sick, and that, you know there wasn't a lot of flexibility, right? And 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 it was just that's how it was, kind of ruling with that iron fist. And that's begun to change. And now, when you think of a leader, you don't think of a man. You think of of anyone, right? Like you think of someone that is compassionate and respectful and kind and and caring and and. You know, compassion and empathy are probably two aspects of leadership that are, are leading the way right now. Uh, that might not, not have been the case 20 or 30 years ago. So that, that's what I think. Like just, just being a really good leader means being a good human being and caring for your people. And, and that's one of the takeaways uh, for the book. And the other one is like, you could sit there all day and read books and educate yourself and learn. If you don't implement anything, if you don't action it, then you're, 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 you're great at knowledge but you don't impart it or you don't share it or you don't provide that help to, to anyone. Um, so that that's a major differentiator in a lot of people that I've run into, whether it's leaders or, or people on different teams that I've had. Uh, the great ones come to the top because they actually action things. So they take a piece of content, they read it, they digest it, and then they take one or two learnings onto it. And um, that's what I try to do with, with every... With every book or piece of content that I that I read or digest or listen to in the form of podcast, I just want to take at least one thing, one thing with me into the next week or into the next month that I will I will do. And um, yeah, it served me well. It served some of the leaders that I've learned from pretty well. But but action is is such a determinant in uh, in, in success. Speaking of, one of the things I've put into practice is the, I think it's number 25, uh, and it's the feedback uh, on a meeting in particular. And asking at the end of a meeting, scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel that that meeting went? And anything other than a 10 elicits the response of what could have made it better. And especially now that we're 
Uh, many of us are remote. Many of us are trying to, to optimize our time and organize ourselves and give ourselves a breather, as you mentioned before. Making sure that we're making the most of our time is crucial. And over the last month or so, I've asked myself and at my team, was that a what, what what was that meaning on a score of one to ten? And if I don't get the ten, I ask, what could have made it better? And I think that that's a very real takeaway for me. So thank you for that. Um, but I, I think for the audience listening, you know, when you're talking about transforming a culture or, or becoming a more mindful leader or, or implementing some leadership, picking one or two things is really critical. Whether you say, hey, this is something I'm going to work on this month, this week. And just saying, hey, I'm going to I'm going to chunk this along and see how I can do. So so I really appreciated that as a more tactical takeaway. That's great to hear. Great to hear that. Yeah, I I don't know. My, my team, I think, is appreciating it because when they give that score, they're like, oh, you're going to ask me why. Yeah, um, yeah, true. And hopefully you improve like the, the whole point, right? Like if it is a seven and you kind of find out why and, and, and hopefully they're they're truthful, right? It was like, oh, it's too long. It wasn't informational enough it's like you, you take that and improve it the next time to a 7.5 or an 8 it's hard to get a 10 on 10 uh especially if you got an honest team it's really hard to get a 10 on 10 yeah and i, and I think that <laughs> and then if you're getting all 10s you might want to say well hang on like yeah. let's really let's pull that back a little yeah, bit yeah maybe you got a two uh a two a team that is too nice to you yeah. Yeah. D- definitely don't want that. I, I want an honest team, right? I-, I want us to be, to be really transparent with each other. And we, and you talk about that in the book. Um, just as we, as we think about wrapping up here, when, you know, obviously you've taken a lot of time over your career to get advice and guidance. And we're saying that this trend is sort of shifting toward a more kind, compassionate leader who's understanding Anything else that you see on the horizon for trends that are coming, whether it's business trends or leadership trends um, that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, in, in our world, I mean, we saw it over the, the holidays where like chat GBT just like exploded. So so AI and, and then everyone got to work like, how can I implement this? How, you know, is it a wait list on my own? Did I get approval? And like, it, it's going to help. It is definitely going to help. And again, it's kind of like the data revolution. Like, what do you do with it? Right. So you still need to action some of this stuff. So like, what are you feeding ChatGPT? And then you take it and then you run with it. Let's say it's ad copy or whatever we'll be using it for. So that's that's a, an interesting thing to, to keep an eye on. Because I think I think all like owners or presidents of companies are like, wait, can I... Can I implement this and then potentially like save on headcount? Can I save on time? Like what, what is this? What does this mean? And uh, technology often doesn't, doesn't always just like, you know, you implement it and then like you remove people. That's not how it works. Like people are, are still needed to, to run some of these um, things. So I think that's interesting to keep an eye on. Um, profitability is always important and bottom line is always important. And I think we've had a, you know, as the world came off COVID in 2022 was, tough in 2023 is tough from a consumer perspective in terms of spending money, that becomes more important, right? How, how can we be more efficient in, in everything we do? How can we spend less but do more? And that's front and center into everything uh, that we do. I, I speak to a lot of colleagues in the industry. Everyone's kind of going through that, that same. How could, we, how could we be a bit more efficient from spending dollars maybe on marketing and do some other creative things, um, you know, whether that's influencer marketing or, or building brand another way? So that's kind of on the horizon. And then there's two, you know, especially in our industry on the e-com side or, or, or the, the apparel side, marketing, um, social commerce 
And you know, we, we still haven't seen that tipping point where people are transacting on TikTok or Instagram, right? It's still, for the most part, coming back on mobile site or, or mobile app. Um, but that we're, we're looking at that, that scale and like what, what that could be. So, uh, I think Accenture is, is saying that social commerce is going to hit 1.2 trillion, um, in the next two years. Um, so I think by 2025, so that's, that's something to definitely keep an eye on because it sounds like it's a similar shift to where e-commerce was a couple like 10 years ago and like e-commerce is coming, e-commerce is coming and then it hit. And I think social commerce is going to get there at some point. The other thing, and you know, when we talk about trends, like sometimes on the shopping side, we look we look at at China, and and what's what's happening in, in Asia, and live shopping is is flourishing there. It's it's a four hundred twenty five billion dollar industry, in the, or at least it will be next year. Um, you know, beauty is leading the way into that. Apparel is catching up, so we're keeping a close eye on that. I know in North America, it's it's been kind of hit and miss. Um, so what happens with live shopping and especially when you combine live shopping, you know, let's say you're watching a video on screen and you, you have the capability to buy, what happens when you combine live shopping and social commerce all in one? It's, it, I think it's going to get really, really cool. So that's, uh, that's an aspect we're, we're looking at. And then the other thing is like, it seems like there's a lot more mergers and acquisitions happening <laughs> just in the world in tech, in, in apparel, in, in all these different brand spaces, it just seems like that's happening a, a lot more. And again, you know, going back to that point on profitability, maybe people are realizing that there's more efficient ways to do it. And at a certain point, they plateau and then sell their companies off. I think all of those things are really interesting, particularly on the the social commerce and the live buying. Uh, me For me as a consumer, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're going to sucker me into all that. I, I see it coming. Um, but I think that at a business level, you're absolutely right. When you look at where investments are going, I mean, DigiBee is a startup, right? We're not immune to where the market is and where the valuations are coming down. And um, M&A is a huge opportunity for, you know, one plus one equals three or sometimes even four. Uh, and so I think that we have to look at how we can drive efficiency to your point earlier. So all good things to work out and to look out for. Johnny, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, always good to chat with you. I'm sure we'll have you back, but thank you for this. And uh, if you haven't, go check it out. Uh, Mastering Mindful Leadership. I, you can see my post is there. I had a great time reading it. Congratulations. And thanks again. Thanks for You've been listening to Integration Redesigned. To learn more about how Digibee can help your team connect and integrate systems at scale, visit digibee.com. Thanks for listening.